Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Land of Boz. It is Thursday, November 15th. For those of you who have tolerated me, uh, actually paid Patreon to basically not get anything from me, thank you for tolerating me. I'm back. Uh, I've taken a little hiatus, but anybody who follows me knows I haven't been really dicking around. I've actually been doing a lot of stuff around the country, basically. Um, So we are back. I think the last time we spoke was Halloween. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff has happened. So you know what? Let's get into the show and um, begin my rambling. So welcome to the Land of Boz for November 15th. So yeah, there has been a lot of activity in my life since the last time I, sh- I uh, recorded this show. And uh, for anybody that follows me, thank you. For those of you who don't, I'll fill you in. And for those of you who do follow me, I apologize for quite a bit of redundancy. But uh, since we last interacted, which technically is completely wrong because you don't interact, this is not a live experience. <laughs> but for those of you who subscribe to the show and noticed a delay in the show, um, I took a slight hiatus because an amazing good friend of mine, I won't name names, but a former Green Bray who has done it very well for himself uh, in the uh, hotel and that kind of business industry, he's done very well for himself. He, um, he offered to buy me tickets to go to New York to see my billboard um, in New York, like Times Square, uh, the, the character I played in the Call of Duty game, Nomad was literally in Times Square, and he offered to float the uh, airline bill to get me there. I Ubered there, or not Ubered, that would be an extremely expensive bill. And uh, basically, I uh, he sent me there, I got an Airbnb, stayed with an amazing family, and god damn, I love New York. And uh, I, I really think it's not not because I'm enamored with it, because I think a lot of us can go to any other part of the city or the state or any part of the country and be enamored with something to the point where they think they like it. And you move there and you're like, oh, hell, I really don't like this place. I, I'm pretty sure if I had if I had to move to New York or Jersey or the, those areas, I would be okay. I really like it there. There's just something about it. Uh, being a country boy, I wouldn't really want to live in the city, but the uh, Airbnb I stayed at was across the river, the Hudson River in uh, Jersey. It was a place called West New York, New Jersey. And uh, there's just something peaceful about waking up at the butt crack of dawn in the morning and then going. I, I, would, I wouldn't go for a run because my body uh, hates me right now, uh, but I didn't. I went for a brisk walk to a park. I took my TRX um, and I did a workout in a park overlooking the Hudson River, looking at the uh, overlooking New York City. And uh, there's just something about New York and that environment. It was awesome. So, uh, you know who you are who helped me get there because uh, without you, I couldn't have afforded to go to New York. Um, so, I went there, I got settled in, and then I went into. Uh, God, this was a perfect trip. A lot of stuff synced up at the time. Um, there's a physician I've been wanting to work with for, for many, many years who truly believes in what special operations um, guys have gone through and the uh, the destruction we've put our bodies, our mind, bodies, and soul through. And uh, I was able to meet with her. 
and uh, she is putting me on a new course, uh, a course correction for my mind, body, and soul as far as fixing my body. And uh, that was just freak luck that um, she was in New York that weekend. Uh, we were able to meet. Um, and then finally, 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 I went into uh, Times Square for the Call of Duty Times Square Nomad billboard. Uh, and Times Square, again, it's not being pompous or arrogant. It's, uh, somebody put it very succinctly, is you, it's, it was my Times Square virginity. You only get one first experience having your uh, project in Times Square. Uh, God willing, there's many more, but you only get one first time. And it was my Times Square virginity. So after I saw Dr. Lyon, I went into Times Square and... Um, Holy shit. <laughs> the Call of Duty campaign is giant. Um, it's all over the country. It's actually all over the world. And it only lasted about a week in New York, uh, in Times Square particularly. So, uh, holy crap. I went where I was at. I triangulated my, uh, my location. I compared it to a lot of images a lot of people have sent me. And sure as hell some random hulu show i've never heard of had already overtaken that spot in times square so uh for anybody who followed me admitted uh, i was admittedly a little pissed off and sad and a little poopoo lipped uh, but i did remember a good friend of mine ha had seen it near the um god dang it this happened earlier in the week too whatever the giant venue is in, in time madison square garden um i was able to go look uh there was a Call of Duty Nomad character poster, giant poster at Madison Square Garden. And I was able to uh, trek down there and sure as hell it was there. So that was pretty cool. Um, and again, something about the people in New York, I was able to just ask a random stranger. I mean, you pick certain strangers to hand your phone to to ask to take a picture. But this, this individual I was able to ask a picture for or ask to take a picture for me. Uh, she didn't understand. <laughs> Um, I asked her, hey, can you take a picture of me in front of this billboard? And she thought I was just like a, a moronic tourist. I said, yeah, this is my first billboard. And she took it like this was my first billboard as a tourist, like I first billboard I'd ever seen. She didn't really wrap her mind around like this was my first billboard I was part of, that this character that she was taking a picture of me in front of was, it was me. Um, so whatever, got the picture. And then after that, it was kind of like, okay, now what? So I just really in, enjoyed the views and took in New York City. Uh, everything about New York is amazing. So this is going to be a long show. Um, and then after that, um, I got home and tried to kind of acclimate back to Los Angeles, take take care take um, take care of the little bit of people who know me know um, I triage everything. Like whatever's going to kill me first, literally or metaphorically, I deal with first. Uh, I got home back to L.A., took care of some random bull crap um, to take care of the... Uh, to take care of just whatever I had to. And then, um, an astonishing, um, nonprofit called catch a lift, um, invited me to Connecticut for a four day warrior weekend, um, where, um, they honor, uh, disabled veterans, um, in a weekend of full of fitness and seminars and education. And, uh, I'm not out of words because I'm ill prepared to do the show. I'm out of words because I'm genuinely speechless uh, because of this four-day weekend. Um, the Catch-A-Lift Foundation is 
it's astonishing. Um, I, I, I really, <laughs> I'm not being melodramatic, but doing, we did two a day workouts and, uh, seeing, seeing these veterans who have lost limbs or a limb or have been through some experiences I could never, ever fathom seeing them muscle through some of these intense, intense workouts truly put in perspective uh, my life. Um, a running joke was an individual there named Sarah, how she would be working out so hard she would actually take off her prosthetic leg, pour out the sweat because the, bot- the lower leg, the distal part of the uh, prosthetic was a cup for her uh, femur to set in basically. And uh, during more intense workouts, it it resulted in a a pool of sweat that would accumulate in that prosthetic and she would have to take it off and pour out the sweat. And this four days was astonishing. Um, I don't get into it publicly, but uh, you know, I've had some substantial, substantial injuries in the military that got me in the, uh, on the radar of the catch lift foundation people, catch lift fund people. And, um, I truly felt out of place. Uh, the things I saw people do that were missing both their legs or one of their legs or an arm, or it, it was astonishing. And, um, <laughs> it, uh, I will never, well, I hope I will never bitch about being sore or hurting or achy and uh I will call out anybody who is who puts themselves again you go to the gym uh and you put yourself through training that's astonishing don't get me wrong that's awesome that you that you beat yourself up that you have the self-discipline to go to the gym and train and um a lot of people are going to read into this and whatever but for those of us and those of you that have hurt your hamstring boo-hoo or have achy knees, boo-hoo. Uh, a little bit of adult language here. I don't give a fuck what you have done to yourself or your poor boo-hoo hamstring surgery or my boo-hoo poor, poor knee pain. Uh, having seen these veterans with missing limbs do what they did without complaint makes me want to just smack slap myself and anybody else in the face for ever complaining um one of the veterans was puking another veteran was pouring sweat out of her prosthetic leg another all the two veterans specifically were missing their lower limbs and had to uh, um uh, adapt various we would do a lot of crossfit or jim jones-esque circuit workouts and they would have to adapt the workout around you know obviously they're missing legs and these guys this one guy was doing battle ropes in his wheelchair missing legs and crushing it and not once complaining and i don't know if if the event made them better people or if there's something in their their dna that made them uh capable of handling this but as far as I can tell, they're better than me. They, I, I would miss a pinky and I would be crying like a little California Valley girl princess 
complaining and pissing and moaning that my pinky was missing. And these men and women were missing entire extremities and crushing these workouts and had an outlook on life I can't fathom. And I'm sure in their, in their dark days or their off moments, they had shitty days. We all do. But I walked away from that four days going, just thinking to myself, how dare I, how dare any athlete out there, any fitness person, uh, personality out there bitch and moan about a self-induced injury when these veterans lost l- limbs, literally, or lost their soul. There are some veterans that went through some horrendous stuff and have had to dig themselves out of a hole. How dare we ever complain when these people did these things? And uh, this this weekend was astonishing. It was uh, it was astonishing to see. Um, uh, I, I'm still trying to like actually wrap my mind around everything I went through this weekend. The New York weekend was awesome. There's a tons of novelty to it. Seeing my billboard around Times Square was awesome in Madison Square Garden. But the Connecticut trip with Catch a Lift was there. there I'm still processing. Uh, my best metaphor is when you go to a movie, like a really good movie, and then you get to the parking lot and have to just kind of go, holy shit, back to back to reality. And you just kind of have that funk for the rest of the day. I'm still in that post-funk of the from the catch-a-lift weekend, and it was in Connecticut. Uh, and being a country boy, the uh, – oh, I lost my tea bag. That's not a weird metaphor. I had a, I had a tea bag in this class. <laughs> um, but the Connecticut weekend was uh, – it – it spoke to me because I'm a small town boy. I love Idaho. I love Montana. I love Colorado. And this place we were staying in, um, Westport, Connecticut, was it had leaves. It had weather. It had good, old-fashioned, wholesome people. And it was so uh, spiritually cleansing. And, uh, I mean, it was the perfect storm of positivity. Don't get me wrong. None of this is boohoo or poor me. Seeing these vets, being around vets, uh, LA isn't exactly, or at least how I work in LA isn't exactly a uh, breeding ground for uh, being hanging around people like me, or at least the way I work. And so, having been forced to spend four days with my my peers, my brothers, and my sisters was astonishing. And then doing it within a city uh, that I, I that just spoke to me. You know, and I, this is simple, but I, I hope people understand the, the uh, love or the nostalgia of it. Having to wear a, a winter coat, you know, putting on a beanie, seeing your breath in the air, seeing leaves, hearing the crunching of leaves, uh, seeing the small town camaraderie. It, it's just where I'm from. And so the weekend in Connecticut, was, or the four days, I should say, in Connecticut was just amazing. I met amazing men and amazing women. Um I mean, I spent the entire day, uh, I know that I'm going on and on and on, but hopefully this helps you guys in some way, shape or form. Uh, but, um, I spent Monday again, I'm, uh, I'm like Marty McFly, uh, for those of you who follow, um, where am I? excuse me for half a sec. I, I had a tea bag and, and now I, it's not in my glass, <laughs> but it's not on the floor. Um, but I spent the weekend, or I, I'm like Marty McFly in that. You dare me, I will do it. And a woman I met at the benefit, 
Um, she, she reminded me of Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec. She had the same physical features. Uh, she was way more fit, um, and she just she just had an energy. And for some freak reason, she came beelining across the. I mean, this was a huge event, a huge country club, and she came beelining across the country club to me. You know, we all had been drinking a little bit, uh, but she came across beelining to me and basically just called me out for being a little wuss. I didn't really know what she was talking about. She dared me to do this crazy, ridiculous early morning workout. Um, and, uh, of course, I admitted to it. And uh, <laughs> I won't get into the details, but basically that night I didn't sleep. Um, mainly because I was going to go to bed. And I realized going to bed would almost have been worse. So I just stayed awake. Woke up, worked out with her and her team. And then she double dog dared me to work, do this spin class workout right afterwards. And, uh, I wanted, I was very tired. I w- it took mental, uh, pure mental fortitude to get through that morning. And then after that, I felt like I deserved a pat on the back. And, uh, while, uh, the rest of the veterans were doing the scheduled workouts, cause I'd already hammered out two significant ones in the morning. I was done for the day. They went to their scheduled workouts and in, again, going back to Parks and Rec, I treated myself, uh, and I had an amazing personal trainer there named Jillian pretty much separate my fascia from my muscles, which hurt a lot. And then after that, I went to um, Aaron, who gave me like an hour and a half long massage, which I r- never treat myself to because it's not cheap. And, uh, and then I just spent the rest of the day talking to Aaron and talking to people, and it was just awesome. It was just peaceful to be around my ilk, my kind, my tribe, whatever you want to call it, and around the veterans, around Aaron, around uh, Jillian, and uh, around, it, it was just astonishing. And with all this being said, it's not that I'm ripping on, um, on, on Los Angeles. It's just not my place. It, it's my place for work, and I enjoy it. I'm, I'm grateful for what it's given me. But places like this place in Westport, Connecticut, places like I've been in Idaho and Montana and Colorado, those, that's where I belong. And uh, holy shit, the spiritual cleansing uh, everybody at Catch a Lift gave me was astonishing. So uh, that's that. I've now rambled for almost 18 minutes. Um, if you're still a subscriber to the show, you're, you're a true, true friend. Um, so uh, with all of that being said... Um, I, I'll try to get it back into the template of the show. I'm looking right now off to the off to the side of the mic, um, looking at uh, the templates, and you know what? We're going to get into the chunk of the show. So thank you for listening. Hopefully that was just kind of a little insight into how my brain works. Uh, for those of you that follow and subscribe, thank you. Um, I hope you appreciate just a little bit of a glimpse into my brain. So let's get into this show, folks. <laughs> All right, and although I have been MIA for nearly seven days now, uh, doesn't mean I haven't paid attention to my journal. Although, full disclosure, I skipped a couple days because I'm a, like a squirrel in a shiny object. I get really distracted. But we can all we can bring it back to um, stuff I discussed, or I should say I wrote down today for Jeff's journal. All right, and so Jeff's journal, for those of you who do not know, um, I'm not great at journaling. I'm not good at 
finding my inner uh, hippie and all that crap. However, I do know that it probably behooves me to kind of plan out my day. And the, the metaphor, the thing I compare it to was in the military, and actually prior to the military, was anything you did in scuba diving or scuba operations, Navy SEAL bullcrap, uh, you would plan your dive and dive your plan. And I think that applies to anything, whether it's life, you, you know, diet, you plan your diet, you eat your, you eat your diet, etc. And, but I always go back to the scuba diving thing is you plan your dive and you dive your plan. So every day I try to chalk down what I'm going to do for the day in three distinct categories. Um, and, uh, those categories are gratitude, assertion, and action. And assertion is what a lot of people do for affirmation. And to me, affirmation is extremely weak. Affirmation sounds very reactive. Assertion is seems definitive to me. So every day, I try to do better, uh, but more or less every day, um, I wake up in the morning and I do this in the morning because if you do it later in the day, your head's already up your butt. Bad things may have happened throughout the day, and so you kind of might already be in a negative headspace. So I do this the first thing. I, the first thing I do while I'm um, I use a French press um, in my apartment or my house, I should say. And uh, while the water's boiling for my French press, I do, um, I do this. So it's the first thing on my mind. And for today's Jeff's journal, gratitude. Uh, I am thankful for Dr. Lyon. Um, I will tag her in this, but she is a physician that um, I met in New York last week. She's uh, been, <laughs> in a good way, hounding me for years. And... Um, after recent events, I finally was able to meet up with her, and I wholeheartedly believe uh, she will change my life. Um, and this is a professional thing; she's a great friend. But professionally, uh, you know, we've the amount of belief she has in me for my labs, uh, for stuff I need to do to my body, my mind, my soul, and everything in between. She, I'm very grateful for her. So that's my gratitude for today. Uh, my assertion for today, it's a little uh, grandiose, but in regards to anything I am approached with, my assertion today is I will find a way. Um, one thing I think people should do on the assertion thing is don't say I will not do this because it, it uses the negative word not in your, in your, in your mind, you, in the way your mind uses it. So to me, I used, I wanted to assert that I will find a way, whatever I'm, you know, whatever obstacle I'm posed with, I will find a way. And lastly, today's action, which I'm already feeling at, <laughs> my action today was to go to bed early, but I vowed to get this show done because I vowed to have a Thursday show for everyone. Um, and, uh, however, I remember because I write these down, I remembered an earlier action earlier in another segment, um, uh, Wednesday, October 31st, Halloween, one of my actions was that I would walk with Iz and my friend slash neighbor Lauren, and uh, she texted me today when I was massively behind and just, just needed to get to work. My head was hurting from my little princess hair transplant. I did, did not want to leave the house, and I remembered that action earlier in the week, uh, about a week and a half ago, and uh, when she texted me, I said yes, even though I didn't initially, my first instinct was to say thank you, no thank you. I remember an initial action because I wrote it down a couple weeks ago to actually say yes to her. So, uh, even though I'm not going to early, er, going to bed earlier as I wrote this morning, uh, I still accomplished an action from another day. So, that is Jeff's journal.
All right, and as always, I like to look back in the past because I'm kind of a history nerd, but not so much so I can actually speak you know, intelligently about it. But I also want to bring back a little bit of appreciation of the history and a little bit of entertainment of what happened in our past. So um, I am now getting into <laughs> today, uh, what happened today in history. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, all right, so today in history is not exactly uh, full of entertainment, but a lot of jaw-dropping, huh, moments. Um, today in history, November 15th, uh, for those of you who are around, the Clinton-Lewinsky affair uh, was at its peak with its first sexual encounter. Today, November 15th, Monica Lewinsky lifts her jacket and shows U.S. President Bill Clinton, the straps of her thong underwear, and, and then they kiss. Later that evening, they have another sexual encounter during which Clinton takes a call from a member of Congress. So, happy that day, everybody. <laughs> um, I don't even really beat that. Um, on this day, November 15th, 1864, General, General William Sherman, he's of the Union Army, Begins the destruction of, of Atlanta. And moving on. This is a great, this is a weird day in history. Joey Buttafuoco. Joey Buttafuoco. He's sentenced to six months in jail and fined $5,000 for the statutory rape of Amy Fisher. Fisher had shot Buttafuoco's wife in May. Only in Hollywood can this dude be uh, sentenced for statutory rape of a woman who actually shot a dude's wife. Just anything goes. All right, but moving on. Today, November 15th, 1990, it is revealed by their producer that they did not perform on their album, Girl, You Know It's True, which won the Grammy for Best New Artist. The Grammy was later revoked. Today, November 15th, Millie Vanilli was outed for not performing this song. That is right. On this day, I just blanked on the thing because I'm doing way too many things at once. On this day in 1990, it is revealed that Millie Vanilli was pretty much a fake. However, go Google Britney Spears and anybody else on stage that runs around like madmen, and I challenge you to run around like that and not lose your breath and actually sing at the same time. There are few, few, few musicians that can do that, so... I give Millie Vanilli a little bit of benefit of the doubt. However, I'm not a Millie Vanilli fan, so teach their own. Uh, and again, today on his in today in history, I'm going to pick some favorites because you know what? It's called the land of Boz, not the land of anybody else. Today, November 15th, 1806, Pike's Peak is first sighted by Zebulon Pike. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. But for those of you who do know, Pike's Peak, Colorado. Uh, when I was stationed in uh, Colorado Springs, or I was stationed at Fort, Col uh, Fort Carson, Colorado, I lived in Colorado Springs. Pikes Peak will forever, forever hold a place in my heart. Um, 
I really want to go back there, to be honest with you. I really, really, really miss uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, but today in history, going down deaths and births, you know what? It's not a lot of good stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Something about Tarzan. Something about popes. Something about prisons and prison presidents. and Meh. That was today in history. Okay, for those of you who are jonesing for cowboy term or sex term, I can't not give you seven days of content without bringing back cowboy term or sex term. And I also bring back somebody that's um, confusingly passionate about his um, <laughs> his crown of being the reigning champion of cowboy term or sex term. I bring back Scott. And for those of you who are new to cowboy term or sex term, uh, basically I give Scott or whoever the contestant is um, a term and he has to decide if he or she has to decide if it's a cowboy term or sex term and then they also have to come up with a definition and then they also have to come up with that definition uh, in the constraints of a PG PG 13 context so it's awesome and then on top then when you hear the audio the the clip I edit in that correlates with the right answer so despite what Scott says today on cowboy term or sex term, if you hear yeehaw, that means the term I said was a cowboy term. And if you hear Duke Nukem saying I'm bringing sexy back, that means it was a sex term. So here, without further ado, is Scott and I playing cowboy term or sex term. All right, and after a ridiculously long hiatus, I can't not bring back cowboy term or sex term, and I can't bring back one of the most passionate contestants I've had on the show, my long, long, long-term friend, Scott Seagren. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going good. I'm ready to crush this title once again, <laughs> because... Well, truth be told, for those who don't know, I... Pride out of it. You do, I know, yeah, that's the thing, is uh, I, who took the who took the title last... I don't God, recall. I honestly don't. A guy or girl? Yeah, well, I think it was. It might have been. Uh, we'll get back to that. But the truth be told, people that don't know, I record this typically the day before, and because I my ego, I'm tip, I'm recording this the night before. Normally, I've been done with this show and it's wrapped and put to bed about four hours prior to now. But I said I would get one done, so I'll be damned. So Scott and I are pretty much at the end of our day. Have no energy. <laughs> We're both like done with our lives. Not in a suicidal way, but we're going to pull uh, some uh, cowboy term or sex term out of our ass. You ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and quick summary for those who don't know. I'm going to give Scott a cowboy term or a sex term. He's got to decide if he thinks it's a cowboy term or a sex term. And then he's got to back up his theoretical uh, categorization with what he believes to be the definition. And then he also has to dance around it being a PG-13 uh, definition. So... And then I will, uh, for the audi the listening audience, I will edit in a sound that correlates with the right answer, despite what Scott says. So you hear a yeehaw, it is a cowboy term. You hear a uh, Duke Nukem sexy back, um, it is a sex term. So with no further ado, I'm surprised I pulled all of that off without stuttering, um, we will get into it. So we'll do three. We've cut it down to three since I ramble, so... Today, on Cowboy Term or Sex Term, number one. Cowboy Term or Sex Term, Pickup Man. Cowboy Term or Sex Term, Pickup Man. Mm. 
I'm going to go with, I mean, it, it sounds like it could be FX term, which is the whole point of this, but I'm going to go with the cowboy term. Okay, and your supposed definition. Maybe pickup man. If I had to venture a guess, it's probably one of like the rodeo hands or something. And they probably like, I don't know, obviously like literally pick something up, maybe a person or, or an animal or something. All right, all right. And uh, is Scott right? Is it cowboy term or a sex term? <laughs> cowboy term. Right on. And you actually almost got the definition. So uh, it being a cowboy term, yeah. This was, I, I admittedly threw these together, but I also tried to pick stuff that seemed so obvious that it would also make you question your judgment. Um, but you almost got the definition right. And cowboy terms, I can pretty much read verbatim. And as I've said in other shows, the sex terms, I can't really read because there may be children in the car <laughs> listening to the show you with never you never so. know yeah uh cowboy turn pickup man the cowboy on a horseback who assists the bareback or saddle bronc riders in dismounting from their stock basically cowboys tie themselves to these wild animals ride the eight seconds and then somehow need to get untied and this is the okay. poor bastard that has to help do that while the horse is, or is bucking trying to kill the cowboy so well pickup man there you go the scott you one know. for one Exactly. Scott's in his Zen zone and he might actually, he could get three for three. So number two, (laughs) number two, cowboy term or sex term. (laughs) Thigh gap, thigh gap, like your thigh and a gap, like the store. Thigh gap, cowboy term or sex term. Come on, get, get, get out of here with that. That's, that's, that. What is this league, son? Yeah, it's a, it's a sex term. Come on, man. <laughs> this, is, this is a bush league? What is this? Come what on, is you, this? you've been doing this for 25 episodes. Come get your on, shit together, man. Jeff. What's going on here? That, that's a sex term. Let's get real. Okay. <laughs> it's exactly now, and what it sounds It's like. so blatantly obvious. Let's hear you <laughs> dance around the definition. Thigh gap. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually just exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's the amount of space between a woman's thighs. All right. And is Scott right? Cowboy term or sex term? I'm bringing sexy back. Sex term. He got it. <laughs> I, I tried to make this so blatantly obvious that you would assume he. I'm. It's like, well, just doing it so blatantly obvious to trick I'm me. Hit so to I got to pick the opposite. Yeah, this this is completely backfiring. Basically, um, I even I even self edited this so as to the 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 thing from the website was the tech the term was thigh gap porn, which obviously it lead you to know it's a uh, sex term. Um, yeah, but this one I can actually read. Uh, oh yeah, so I edited it because you know what? It's called the line of Boz, not the line of anybody else. <laughs> so uh, the def the def the definition is thigh gap. Porn that features women who are either so skinny or muscular that a gap forms above their thighs and below their hoo-ha. Uh, yeah. you know, the, the medical term, hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. So, Scott, two for two. And again, Scott's hearing it, but the uh, listening audience won't. Those awkward silences are me repeating the soundbite that I'm going to edit in later in my head so as to try to get the timing just right. <laughs> so there's a weird awkward pause as I sing Duke Nukem to myself in my mind. So. 
Number three to see if it puts Scott on King of the Hill for Cowboy Termer's sex term. <laughs> this is what I'm excited about. I won't lie. Oh, yeah. I've never heard Bring of it. it. On. Uh, so number three, Cowboy Term or sex term, tongue punch. Tongue like the thing in your mouth and punched like the thing Rocky does. Tongue punch, oh, Cowboy Lord. Term or sex term. Mm. My mind goes to a graphic place. What is that? What's that song? My body's telling me yes. Uh, that one song. Uh, oh, it's like an old uh, soul soul song. I'll what? put that in. I'll edit that in. <laughs> I'll edit that in. So for the sake of editing, uh, hold please. Okay. It's the hold music. Hold music. Okay, and here is the song. Hold, hold for song. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes, baby. I don't wanna hurt nobody, but there is something that I must. Okay, and that was the song. <laughs> so Scott. Has no what? idea what I'm talking about. The the listening no, audience is 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 hip to be <laughs> hip to my play. But back to the game, tongue punch. Oh God. Okay. Uh, uh, I I'm pretty pretty positive this is a sex term. <laughs> okay. And your pretty positive definition. Oh boy. Uh, what's the most delicate way I can put this? Because I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I'm exactly right. This is actually I the believe. the website I got it from. Actually, was pretty good about um, dancing around the uh, <laughs> descriptors. Let's just okay. So a tongue punch would be. Um, <laughs> I like hearing you say it. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, a tongue punch would be when you thrust your tongue <laughs> hard. Uh, into your partner, the orifice. Okay. All right. Uh, was Scott right? Cowboy term or sex term? I'm bringing sexy back. Sex term. Scott's three for three. Ooh. Yes, oh, the champion yeah. of something Actually, you're not I mean, sure if you want know. to be a champion yeah, of. I don't, I don't know. Every time, every time, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the best. No, this is not. Yeah, exactly. Do you go? Do you go to school tomorrow and tell the kids about that? What do you do? No, um, God. Well, yeah, just roll and be like, hey, kids, what's up? I got the number three I'm with tongue punch. I solidified it with tongue punch. Um, I think I can read it. Tongue punch is an invasive act performed by the tongue that is often. This sounds a little not wanted. Uh, that is often unwanted, but before you get uh, Weinstein offended here, it can be used to describe abrasive kissing um, and two other um, activities that get a little detailed. So, yeah, it's pro- like I, 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 ch- I chalk it up somebody. to like that really shitty kisser that uses way too much. Yeah, tongue. yeah, yeah, yeah so. exactly. You're but, making out with somebody, and all of a sudden they're just jamming their tongue down. Yeah. Your throat. You, you done been tongue yeah you done been tongue punched like an alien baby popping out of your stomach you got or actually that's what 
if you think about it, the aliens have that inner mouth alien that's like a tongue punch. When you, they, oh, that's how they kill tongue, people. Yeah, the aliens, those face huggers, they literally tongue yeah. punch you. Not the face huggers, even the full fledged ectom, um, xenomorphs, the ones that they're oh, like, God, open their you're mouth. right. It's all a yeah. tongue punch. <laughs> Didn't think it was going that direction, did you? Now I got to also <laughs> research that damn song so I can edit it into this segment, which is going to take me a while because it was a very obscure reference. So. Anyway, that was anyway. Scott and I's attempt to take a seven-day hiatus from the show and bring back cowboy term or sex term. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome, my friend. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Later. All right. And even though I've been off probably seven, eight, nine, or ten days, at the end of the day, I am still, to the core of my soul, uh, a Green Beret. And one thing I want to touch on after this weekend and pretty much something I experience daily in the crazy city of Los Angeles and Hollywood is the difference between special forces and special operations. Those Green Berets, they're real badasses. You're scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this Green Beret is going to kick your big ass. I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. All right, special forces and special operations. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but to start simply, if you look at my uniform, if you look at any other green berets uniform, there is a piece of fabric, uh, some sort of, it's called a tab, and it says the words literally, special forces now army special forces are the only special forces so that is synonymous with green berets army special forces green berets that's as black and white as it can be now um, i'm going to approach this from two um, camps let's say the genuine camps there are people that say they are special operations and that can include a lot of genuine special operations people. Uh, for those of you that follow the military, that can include Delta. That can include, um, I, I don't quote me on some of this stuff, actually, to be honest with you, but that can include the 75th Ranger Regiment. Special operations is quite an umbrella. I believe it incorporates some of the uh, uh, special operations um, uh, uh, pilot or um helicopter like the uh, special operations the the aerial programs whatever you want to call them i believe it incorporates uh psyops which is psychological operations i believe it incorporates civil operations special operations is quite a broad umbrella and it does include i believe navy seals and all the other high speed cool things but the words special forces f-o-r-c-e-s is only only, 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 only army special forces. So, and it's a lot of people just don't know. That's not like a thing. People, nine times out of ten, people aren't maliciously doing some weird. Yeah, thank you. One uh, sixtieth sore. Um, a lot of times, that doesn't mean people are um, being malicious. They just don't know. Um, and like some people, uh, to to catch myself up here, um, special operations in that in that umbrella can include people running around with guns, pulling triggers, Navy SEALs, Army Delta, but it can also include people I have intimately worked with, uh, 160th SOAR, 
Uh, they're also called the Night Stalkers. They're the guys that w- Green Berets got on their helicopters and they piloted us into operations. So special operations is a very big umbrella. Now, that's the genuine um, slash ignorant um, argument uh, or uh, education when it comes to special operations and uh, special forces. Now, having moved to the crazy city of Hollywood and Los Angeles, a lot of people love to throw around the word special operations, knowing that nine times out of ten, people ignorantly don't know the difference. Um, Special operations, and I mean zero disrespect to the uh, clerks that did my finance in the uh, S1 shop or the uh, S3 people or anybody that did supply or anything like that. But technically, they were in special operations. So anybody that maliciously says they are special operations when they sure as shit know that they were a finance clerk under the umbrella of special operations, they're full of shit. Yes, technically they're special operations, but they know full and well what they're doing when they try to deceive people saying they are special operations. Because nine times out of ten, Joe Blow Ignorant doesn't know the difference between special operations and special forces and special whatever and just assumes that that finance clerk that does basically my paycheck or did my paycheck is some cool high-speed Green Beret, and that's not the case. So, literally, and I'm not using that term, the words literally, or the word literally like some valley girl in the valley in Los Angeles, but the word literally. Google the word special forces tab, and it is literally a piece of fabric that says the words special forces. No other branch or unit or whatever has the identifier, the tab, the piece of Velcro, the fabric that has the words special forces on their uh, the, on the nomenclature. And that word, those words, special forces, is Green Beret. Army Special Forces Green Beret. Now, special operations instantly creates is a grandiose umbrella, including everything from uh, air assets to ground assets to psychological assets to other DOD assets. It's it's DOD in specific. So, truly. Truly, count to 10 and realize what the difference is is between special forces and special operations. And sadly, there are some mother effers in this city that I know for a fact capitalize on the ignorance of people not knowing the difference and say they're special operations when they sure as shit were not Green Berets. So, that is your education today on the difference between special forces and special operations. All right, and because I was pretty much stuck on a plane multiple times in the last seven days, I flew back and forth across the country multiple times. And because I'm a giant, I opt for at least the exit row seats, and I opt for 
some sort of ambient fueled distraction from reality and I watch movies. I do everything possible to realize, to try to distract myself from the amount of pain I'm in when it comes to cross-country flights. So I watch a lot of movies. So I guess I kind of have some rambling reviews of a couple movies I watched while traveling to New York and Connecticut in this uh, today's segment of Nerd Corner. So on all my travels between uh, Los Angeles and New York and New Jersey and New York and Los Angeles and Los Angeles and New York and New Jersey and Connecticut, I still did not finish uh, Gerard Butler's <laughs> uh, Geostorm. However, I watched it over and over and over again and never finished it. So even after I watch this podcast, because I can't train tomorrow, I actually might stay up late tonight to finish this goddamn movie. Uh, but here is my review of Geostorm. And But first, I want to do a bastardization of using an audio-only format and play you the trailer of Geostorm. The Senate committee will now hear from Jacob Lawson, Climate ISS Chief Coordinator. May the record reflect that he was nearly one hour late. Yeah, sorry about that. I literally had to fly in from outer space. Thanks to a system of satellites, natural disasters have become a thing of the past. We can control our weather. Mr. President, one of our thermospheric satellites malfunctioned over Afghanistan. So your proposal is what? We shut down all satellites. I don't need to remind all of you how many people died from catastrophic climate conditions. Make sure there's no further incidents. Are you going back up to space? I'm coming back. Promise. Have a safe trip, sir. Just don't touch anything. Main engine started. This is Mr. Jake Lawson. The Jake Lawson? You look much older than I would have thought. I, I mean, you, you look good. Am I getting fired? My access has been blocked. So satellite has a bad calm. That happens. Not a satellite. All of them. This wasn't a malfunction. It was intentional. There's potential for catastrophic weather events on a global scale. A geostorm. We have to shut the system down. The only one who has the kill codes is the president. I need your help. You're soliciting a secret service agent. Seriously? We're kidnapping the president in a self-driving cab. Jake, if you can't stop it, no one can. Three. Oh, yeah, I kidnapped the president. I've stolen state secrets. Yeah, anything I'm forgetting, honey? Honey. Hold on! Marry her. All right, so that was the trailer for Geostorm. Now, I might be biased, and a lot of people might assume I have some weird biased or jaded connection to any movie coming out in Hollywood. 
And yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of movies I can't watch or a lot of TV series I can't watch because I ha actually had an opportunity. Great example is Creed II. Um, I actually auditioned to play, Durag uh, to play Drago's son. And so I, it's really hard for me to watch, watch Creed II because I'm just competitive. However, I have no connection <laughs> to Geostorm, so I can watch it as a fan. And here's the thing. As a fan, Geostorm is just freaking fun. People need to lighten up, relax, and enjoy the ride. Geostorm is fun. It, 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 I mean, Gerard Butler, I have an insane man crush on the guy. He's extremely fun. He definitely plays the down and out, washed out, like security, you know, former scientist thing well. And he draws you in. Um, and I, I am a ginormous, 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 ginormous fan of all the apocalyptic movies. I just, oh crap, I just brain farted on the, uh, the one with um, Dennis Quaid where everything freezes over and for for those of you listening on the podcast I'm also recording this live on Instagram so I'm also trying to like do 12 things at once um, but the one with Dennis Quaid oh the day after tomorrow awesome movie for some freak reason I love end of the world movies the apocalyptic, they're, they're just fun. And here's the thing. If you go to these movies, relax. Take it down a notch and just take it for what it is. Now, with that being said, after all of the trips I took to New York and to Jersey and to Connecticut and to color, uh, Los Angeles, I still did not finish <laughs> uh, Geostorm. So when this podcast is done, I will finally finish it. I will get on iTunes or wherever it is at, and I will finish that damn movie because I've tried to finish it multiple, multiple, multiple times. Uh, it's an awesome movie. Look, it is not an Oscar-winning movie. I'm not going to even pretentiously, remotely <laughs> walk on that on that gray area. But you know what? It's a fun movie relax remember now i use this metaphor a couple times this weekend and it's a metaphor for life and it's a metaphor for movies but i hate when it is a metaphor for life but you know that feeling when you go to a great movie and you get completely lost in it and you come out to the parking lot where you're looking for your car and you're like ah oh, shit reality ah not in, a not in a depressing way, but in a way that reflects how con contrastingly different the movie was you just left was. That is astonishing. That is my favorite feeling in the world is to leave a movie and get out into the parking lot and realize, God dang, that was awesome. I remember when I first saw Jurassic Park in the theater, that was that feeling. When you got into the parking lot, you're like, ah, shit. Reality. And that's not just for movies. That's for experiences or interactions with people. 
the Catch-A-Lift weekend I had in Connecticut. I had so many experiences with so many people this weekend that were metaphorically comparable to that walking out into the parking lot feeling of going, ah, shit. Deep breath. Back to reality. So go watch Geostorm. Go do whatever you do that recharges you, that gives you that uh, shit back to reality feeling. Because you know what? At the end of the day, we all need that escape from reality. No matter how perfect or imperfect our lives are, we all need that like two, two and a half hour moment of just relaxation. So uh, go see Geostorm is not in theaters anymore, but go see whatever movie takes you away from reality for like two hours. Go go to whatever event, go to whatever charity that just takes you away from reality for two hours. And I promise you, you'll be recharged. Thanks. All right, so holy crap. I'm looking at the time hacks and I'm at 58 minutes and that's without an interview. Uh, I hope, 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 hope Anybody listening to this uh, get something out of it. Bare minimum, some sort of entertainment while they're driving through some sort of hellish traffic in whatever state they live in. Uh, And at the most, some sort of wild, exuberant, motivational, inspirational, and educational experience. Either way, I hope I give you 60 minutes of something. Uh, I thank you for listening. I thank everybody for being part of the show. (laughs) Um, I'm actually at a loss for, uh, you know, for everything everybody has done for this show. It means the world to me. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. And if you haven't shared, please, please, please share to your friends. And also go to iTunes and please, please, please review. It means the world to me. And because of the algorithms of the matrix out there, uh, those shares, those posts, those reshares, those reposts, really truly mean a lot to me and I'm not 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 exaggerating those of you who are subscribing to the land of Boz on Patreon you are truly truly impacting my monthly existence I'm really not blowing I'm really not blowing out of proportion I'll put it that way so thank you thank you thank you but It is Thursday the 15th. In the meantime, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios.